and welcome back to the Disney World Today podcast. I am your ghost host for the day, Kevin Pope. Hope everyone's having a magical day, magical week. Hope everything's going good with you guys. If you're a returning listener, you guys know how this goes. You guys are the best. Thanks for coming back. We're about to have a lot of fun. If you're a new listener, welcome to the show. I hope you enjoy it. It's going to be me talking Disney, maybe ranting, maybe venting, maybe making jokes about myself. All of the above is most likely for the next 30 or 40 minutes, however long it takes. If you haven't already, follow me on Instagram, Disney World Today. It's all one word. I'm easy to find. And like I always say, my DMs are always open. Anytime you want to talk about Disney, just want to chat. Uh, have any opinions, suggestions for the show, suggestions for topics, questions, doesn't matter. Shoot me a message, we'll talk some Disney, I love it, you guys are the best. And uh, if you're interested in listening to some older episodes, they're all available online, pretty much wherever you find your podcast, they're all there, Spotify, Apple, Google, Breaker, all the above. Um, You know, there's some good ones in there. Last week's episode was an interesting one. Last week's episode was all about Disney adults. Now, the term usually has a negative uh, kind of connotation to it. You know, people make fun of Disney adults and all that, and you know, I just don't get it. So I pretty much just talk the entire time about, you know, why I take offense to that, why, you know, there's nothing wrong with being an adult who likes Disney, um... You know, I kind of talked about too how like how that's that's definitely a newer term. You know, I was I was doing some googling and stuff, and that's definitely like within the last few years that Disney adult became a thing. And I think it stemmed from some sort of article that was published, maybe three or four years ago, about adults who go to Disney, and it kind of gained some steam from there. But you know, I'm an adult. I love Disney. I'm gonna continue going there because it makes me makes me happy. It's my happy place. You know, it's like a, I always call it the, the happiness bubble. And, you know, if you have a problem with that, you vacation where you want. I'll be on Space Mountain drinking coffee, getting popcorn, souvenirs, watching fireworks. All like all of that stuff is why I love Disney. Um, and people just don't get it. So if you're interested, that one's up there. There's a lot of fun ones still available in the archives. Going to have another fun one today. You guys know I love my top ten lists. We're back with another top 10 list already this one a lot of fun a lot of research this one was tough to actually rank because i actually ranked them 10 to 1 um so this one was really difficult today's episode is all about the top 10 disney cues the lines you know what you see before you actually get onto the attraction you know, you're waiting in line, you're looking around, you're you're immersed, the theming, the pre-ride show, all of that uh, kind of went into my list, which is why it made it so difficult. You know, sometimes a pre-ride show can make up for the make up for the lack of theming or, you know, vice versa. So we're going to get into all that. I'll do my, uh, I'll do top 10. I got some honorable mentions and then I ask you guys to submit your favorite cues um, of all time, past or present. I uh, got a lot of good ones, so we're going to get into all of that. I think that about does it for this intro. Here we go. Your attention, please. <laughs> the Walt Disney World Railroad, now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom. Board.
All right, before we start off our top 10 list, um, gotta say I didn't get any new reviews this week, but I got uh, got a couple five-star ratings, so I appreciate you guys, whoever you are. Uh, and if you guys can do me a big favor, head on over to the, um, if you're listening to this on your iPhone, um, head to my uh, podcast page in the uh, Apple Podcast app. Search Disney World Today, it'll bring you up, click on my album art, and that's where you can give me a rating and a review. Like I said, thank you uh, for the ratings. If you leave me a five-star rating, I, I truly appreciate it. And if you leave me a review, I, I love reading those. Um, they mean a lot. They, you know, kind of kind of remind me why I do this. And, uh, you know, it helps the algorithm, too. You know, I want to get some some listens. I want to get some more ears on this podcast. I feel like I have some some decent, you know, Disney opinions. And, you know, I, I want to use this as an outlet for me, but also an outlet for you guys. So the more listeners... Uh, you know, the better for all of us. So if you guys can do that, I truly appreciate it. And now on to our list, the top 10 list, top 10 Disney World cues. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my list right now. I wrote it down and I'm, I have my number 10 ready to go. And I'm thinking right now on the spot, do I want to switch it? But I think I'm going to stick with it. I'm just going to go with it. Number 10, starting us off at the Magic Kingdom. Peter Pan's Flight. Now, this one probably wouldn't have made my list, but it was renovated in 2015, I believe, and they made it more interactive and kind of, you know, kind of made it look all, all new and nice. And I think this one deserves to be on the list. There's just something about it. You know, even, uh, you know, we'll get to it at the end when I when I uh, go over the, the ones that you guys sent in. One of you guys even said that there's something special about it or something magical about it, and I agree. Um, you know, it's usually a long line, so you're there for a while. You know, you got you got a lot of downtime to kill while you're while you're in line. And like the outside part, you know, really isn't anything special. But it's once you get into that indoor part where you're kind of walking through the Darling House. Um, you know, even with the the newly added interactive stuff, there's just something about it. I think it's the fact that when you're getting into line and kind of making those passes around, like. You can kind of see the uh, the ride vehicles uh, before you go on. You see the you know the the ships and they kind of look like they're flying, so that is already in the back of your mind. Um, and then once you get into that indoor part, I mean it it looks and it feels like you're walking through the Darling House. I gotta say they did a really good job. You know if you if you take your mind off of it for a second, you would swear you're walking through a house. Like there's a hallway, this is the wallpaper. Like they did such a good job. And that's what it's all about with these cues. And it's all about the theming. It's all about standing in line and being fully immersed in what's going around, you know, what's going on around you. You know, you're, like I said, especially Peter Pan, it's usually a long line. So you're there for a while. You're moving, you know, six inches every couple minutes. Um, so it's it's important to have the theming like this so you can look around and especially when they made it interactive you know with little kids you know it's peter pan and neverland like you want it to feel special you want it to feel magical like you are in a different place and they did a great job of that um but you know it's not my favorite which is why it's number 10 um but i i just felt like it deserved a spot on the list so this is where i had to put it um and I think it's well-deserved. I think you guys can agree the uh, the theming for what it is. You know, it's not a huge area. It's not a huge line. Uh, it just kind of wraps back and forth a lot, like snake style. Uh, but with, you know, 
what they're working with there. I think they did a, uh, a great job. So for that, I'm putting it on my list. Peter Pan's Flight, number 10. All right, and let's move on to number 9. This is what I was debating back and forth, whether to have this one at 10 or 9. But I'm going to stick with my list here. I'm going to go with Toy Story Mania at Hollywood Studios. There's just something about it. There's something about it that reminds me of my childhood. You know, the inside, the queue is all decorated with, you know, old board games and old toys. And, you know, maybe nowadays it's a little um, dated uh, in the fact that kids who are, you know, five, six years old now maybe don't know uh, Candyland or Shoots and Ladders or Monkeys in a Barrel, whereas all those games like we saw in uh, in the Toy Story movie, the first one when it came out in the mid-90s, like, those those games were still popular. I played Candyland and Shoots and Ladders and I had Monkeys in a Barrel and all that stuff and the, the Green Army Men and you can kind of see it, you know, all, all throughout the queue. And of course, like everything is giant sized, which is, you know, pretty cool to see. I think there's like playing cards and, you know, stuff like that. Just a bunch of little like toys. And I feel like for the most part, all ages can enjoy, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe kids these days know Candyland and, you know, some of that stuff. But, you know, obviously too, we have to consider the fact that they have the giant uh, Mr. Potato Head that's interactive and talking and, you know, tells jokes and sings and, um, you know, if you pay attention, he kind of like makes jabs, you know, at people in the, you know, in the line walking past to like make a comment about like a shirt or Mickey ears. So it's definitely got to take that in, into consideration. Uh, but for me, like the, the bigger selling point for me was just like the life size, giant size, you know, uh, games, board games, cards, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I always thought was kind of cool. The, the music is great. You know, the inside um, they really did a good job. You know, it's not too intricate, yet I feel like it does its job. It makes you kind of feel like you were in a child's room with, like, just games and toys scattered everywhere, uh, which is what I think they were going for. And, uh, yeah, you know, pretty solid. At the end there, you get to grab your 3D glasses. I always thought it was weird. Towards the end of that line, like, you have to, like, go up some stairs and then down some stairs. It was a weird layout. Um... But uh, I think it deserves a spot on the list. You know, whether it's at 10 or 9, you know, that's that's up for debate. I decided to go uh, Toy Story Mania at number 9. Let's move right along to my number 8 choice. Again, another one that's so tough. And I wonder, I wonder if this one would make a lot of top 10 lists. Now, remember, I'm taking into consideration... The, the actual cue, like the theming and everything, you know, everything that while you're in line. And I'm also taking into consideration the pre-ride video or show if there is one. And for this one, I think it has a, you know, a somewhat underrated cue. It has one of my favorite pre-ride shows. My number eight pick, let's head to Animal Kingdom, Dinosaur. This one doesn't get a lot of love. Like if you just look up best Disney World cues or, you know, the, the best theming, uh, for lines, this one doesn't come up much, but I gotta say, they they do a great job. When you walk inside, you immediately feel like you're at a museum. Like when I walk in that first, you know, for the most part, the lines usually not, you know, outside that often. When you're just standing outside, it's hot. There's really nothing. It's just, uh, you know, just 
you're outside, outside the building. There's nothing going on. But once you get inside, to this day, you know, it feels, it reminds me of, like, going on a school field trip. Like, the first time I went to, like, the, the field museum here in Chicago, you know, you walk in and there's just, like, um, like, little displays everywhere and, you know, almost like little tiny exhibits. Like, when you first walk in, they have, like, I don't know if it's, like, fossils or what, and then, like, it's they have it like there like in uh, like behind glass and then you know like a description of what it is definitely reminds me uh, of a museum and then of course you walk in you know to the main the main room and there's the giant uh, dinosaur fossil you know and and that's the part of the queue that really reminds me of being inside a museum you know and i think that's why it makes my list is because it feels like a museum it's you know it's it's an attraction at Disney World, yet the beginning part of that line, like you're walking through, does not feel like you're just in a random building with a with a ride underneath you. It feels like you're in a museum, there's dinosaur fossils and information everywhere. You know, there's I think it's um is Bill Nye? Is it Bill Nye that comes over the um like the PA or is it Dr. Seeker kind of talks about dinosaurs? Um and they kind of put like the spotlight on the the giant fossil in the middle of the room. You know, it's there's not much to it besides that, you know, when you first walk in and then you get into the big room, there's there's really not much, uh, but for what is there, I think it, it serves its purpose. You know, then once you pass through, um, you know, that room, you go into the pre-ride show room, which is great. You got you to gotta include that, Dr. Seeker. It's an iconic one. Hello there. Like, we all know that. We all can quote it. I still love it. I still enjoy it. I don't think it's too dated. I hope they never change it. And then, again, another super underrated part is after the ride show, um, you kind of travel to where, like, the Time Rover ride vehicle is, and it legit feels like you're in some sort of um, scientific lab with time machines. Like, it, it's got that, like, um, like industrial feel to it, whether it's the noises, the smell, um it looks like you're in some basement of a science lab where they're sending people back in time. It's great. And you walk down those steps, everything's like metal, and you see the, the time rovers on each side. I think they did a great job. Really immersive with, with what they went with there. You know, like I said, it's, there's not a lot of it, but for what is there, it definitely does its job and, and makes you forget that you're, you know, in line for a ride. So, you know, maybe it doesn't get a lot of love. Maybe it does, and I'm wrong. Um, I feel like Dinosaur overall is uh, underrated. I've talked about that. It's one of, if, if I'm going to do my uh, top 10 most underrated attractions uh, rankings, it would be on there for sure. Um, but the queue, I, I think it's definitely underrated. You know, the music, the, the music of the ride too, that you hear while you're waiting in line and just in that area building. Um, one of my favorites, it's, it's on one of the Walt Disney World Resort CDs that I have, you know, tucked away somewhere. Um, you know, then of course afterwards you have like the whole gift shop area. That whole area is great. Um, it, like I said, if you've never been to a museum, um, that's what it feels like. You know, the, the field museum here in Chicago is, it's huge. It's, you know, it's probably one of the best in the, in the country. And I've been there, you know, a few times for school and stuff like that. And, when I walk into the dinosaur building and I'm standing in line, like I get similar vibes to that just on a smaller scale, obviously, but I do get those vibes. So for all of those reasons, I got to have it on here. Dinosaur is my number eight pick. 
All right, let's move on to number seven now. All right. Number seven, this one. If the, if I was doing an all-time favorite uh, queue list, this would be number one. But currently, present day, my number seven pick, yes, is that Epcot test track. Now, like I said, the original test track, the, the old version, if you're a new listener, if you're younger, look it up on YouTube if you never were on it or don't know of it. They redid it in like 2013. They kind of updated it. The previous version was so much better all around. The ride was better. The actual like ride system was better. The entertainment value was more. The queue was amazing. The best. My favorite all time. I think a lot of you guys uh, would agree with me on that one. But Test Track here, number seven, present day. I think it's still pretty deserving of the spot. You know, it's still... they. Maybe it's because I'm kind of a car guy. I'm a car person. I enjoy cars. My family is a car family. You know, I come from a family of mechanics, so it's kind of in my blood. And just seeing different types of futuristic cars and engines and, um, you know, the theming with the music. It's that more modern futuristic music. Now, the, the old Test Track version had probably the best cue music of all time. Again, it would probably be number one on my list. But, you know, this this new updated Test Track 2, it's got good music, too. I got to say it. As much as I hate to admit that, um, you know, their renovation was good, the music's, the music's still, you know, one of the best, I think, around. Like I said, you know, like the inside, it's, it's not as, um, you know, there's not as much to see as the old version of Test Track. But what, what they do have, you know, it definitely fits like that modern... Um, futuristic vibe that they're going for definitely reminds me of Tron in a lot of ways they have like a lot of like sharp colors and you know like the metal um, even like the new Test Track logo logo is like that silver with like blue on it um, you know it's not bad you know it's it's ranked on my it's ranked number seven for me mostly because you know I'm a car guy but also I think we have to include there's no there's no pre um, ride show video anymore but the design your car feature, we got to include it. That's what you do while you're in line. It's part of the pre-ride experience. Um, and I, that's a huge selling point. Now, maybe it gets a little old after you've been there as many times as, as we have. But those first few times, like, I mean, I'm sure I'm not alone. Like, you would take, like, I don't know if you get, like, five minutes to design your car. Like, we, we would have, like, five seconds left, and we'd be trying to, you know, finish it because we're spending all this time to make this this car, and it's so, you know, we're so immersed in it. Definitely makes waiting go by a little quicker. You know, if that was five minutes just standing there, it would uh, definitely drag, but you're designing your own car. What other ride can you do that? Um, so that definitely has to play a role in my ranking. You know, and it's futuristic. It's cool. It's sleek. It's modern. And uh, like I said, they have the design your own car feature, which, you know, probably for us, yeah, it's maybe gotten a little old, but imagine like kids and first time riders, like that feeling. Remember the first time you went on test track and got to, got to design your own car? Like that's definitely plays a role in, in the experience, in the theming. And, um, you know, I, I got to include it on my list. All right, test track. So that is our, what, that was number seven? All right, we're flying through this list now. Got to find my place in my notes. All right, number six. All right, Hollywood Studios. I got to put this one on my list. It's one of my favorites. 
rockin' roller coaster. Now, this one, I know technically the uh, the queue doesn't start until you, you know, get through the gates, kind of, but when you walk in, or you, you're, you know, you're walking down Sunset uh, Boulevard, you see that upside-down limo with the rockin' roller coaster sign, followed by the giant guitar. Like, I know the line doesn't technically start there, but in my mind, that's where it starts, so I'll just say that, but you know, for this one, the outdoor part of the queue, not great. You know, it's just you're outside of a building. You know, you can hear music. I think it, I think they play just Aerosmith. They probably could have done more with, like, the outside part. Like, make it... I don't know. You know, you're outside a record studio, so I guess technically it would just be just a plain building. But I feel like they could still kind of add more to it. But once you get inside, I think it's definitely a solid, uh, solid cue. Um, you know, the first thing that we all think of, I hope I'm not alone here, is the door, you know, with the marbles in it. Everyone, everyone rubs their hands up and down. All those, uh, I think it's a, yeah, like a door with marbles on it. Makes a lot of noise. You kind of walk in that one area they have, you know, different um, artists like uh, concert or music posters like on the wall. I think it's just, you know, normal, like, Disney acts. It's always kind of changing, or at least it used to. Um, and then you kind of get inside the first part of the building there. You know, they have, like, some some stuff behind glass, some, like, um, almost like museum-type stuff. But they have, you know, like, old record players, old recording stuff, old instruments, stuff like that. So you get a little bit of uh, education there. And there's, you know, music posters on the walls. I, it, it definitely makes you feel... Like you're inside, you know, a famous recording studio. You know, they have like the posters on the walls. It looks like almost like an office building uh, in that area. You know, um, the the music helps, and uh, it's again, it's it's kind of a small area considering that you know a lot of the line takes place outside. But you know, once you get inside, I think it's really cool. The marbles on the door we all touch. The the music posters. All the posters on the wall, you know, makes it seem like a recording studio. They have the antique, you know, recording equipment and instruments and stuff. And then, again, we got to include it. It's part of the uh, part of the queue, the pre-ride. Um, iconic. Definitely still iconic. I think we can all quote it. I know it hasn't changed, but I mean, the technology, too, for when this ride came out. And it looks like, you know, it looks like you're watching them. You know, Aerosmith and their manager, they give us the whole thing on how... You know that we get backstage passes. They it plays perfectly into the the story of the ride and the theming, and it looks like you're in their recording studio, like watching them. Definitely really cool. You know, a great combination of you know it's obviously a video um, with like and like in the foreground is actual like instruments, and it looks like an actual recording studio. So definitely did a great job with that. And then. I think my favorite part, even better than the pre-ride video, is when you, you head into the back alley. And it looks, again, it looks like you're in a back alley. And this is the best part. You know, when you first walk out those doors and you get to watch the rock and roller coaster, you know, launch sequence. Nowadays, we all take out our phones and record it and put it on Snapchat or whatever. Back in the day, though, the first time I went on this ride, I think we all, pardon my French, I think we all crapped our pants. Because you open up those doors and we don't know. We think maybe this is going to be like Thunder Mountain, you know, maybe like Space Mountain. You know, I'm with my whole family. My grandpa who's like 70 at the time is in line and the doors open and we watch this, you know, limousine kind of, oh, this looks cool. And then at three, 
two, one, and it just takes off and it's gone. My grandpa's like, yep, I'm sitting this one out. <laughs> like, and then, you know, it, it, it's definitely got that underground, you know, back alley vibes. They did it great. Definitely feels like this is the part of the ride, like, too. This is how you know Disney does a good job. Once you get to the back alley, you don't mind waiting. Like, the time flies by for whatever reason. Like, because you're, like, right there. You can see the coaster. You can see the takeoff. It, it's a cool, unique, like, underground, you know, area. And, um, yeah, I think I think Rock and Roller Coaster definitely deserves a spot on this list. Um, and I think you, you can make an argument whether you want it, you know, higher or lower on the list. You know, if, if the outdoor part was maybe a little more themed or if like the indoor part, like maybe you spent more time inside, you know, maybe it would be higher on my list. But um, I think it's pretty solid where it's at. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, here we are already. We've made it to the top five. Now this is where it gets really tough. If I haven't struggled before... You're about to hear me struggle with this top five because it was so hard to rank, but here we go. My top five coming in first at number five. We're heading back to Animal Kingdom. Yes, Expedition Everest. This queue is amazing. The theming of this one, I'm 31 years old, and I think it was this past trip we're standing in line, and I was still like thinking to myself like, is this all real or is this like fake for, for the line? Like the stuff that they have set up in the line, it 100% makes you feel like, you know, you're, you're about to climb Everest. You're in the Himalayas, you know, it's got that, um, it's got that sense of realism. I don't know how to describe it. Like there's like pictures of like people on hikes. And I think there's like a picture of like a Yeti, kind of like attacking the camera and it's like even that looks terrifying it looks so real like even as soon as you enter you know the attraction the the queue um it's like there's like a like a welcome sign banner that you're you know you're basically heading into a uh like a himalayan like tour group like and um you know so you're gonna get like a sherpa that's gonna guide you you know and lead you up mount everest and this is where you meet um, and like all like the pictures and artifacts they have, again, it, it kind of makes it seem like a, like a museum in a sense, but because they're all set up and they're there, it like, I can't tell if they're real or not. Like, like I said, like the stuff that's there, it looks like it's like an actual, you know, Himalayan, like excursion, like tour group. Like that's where you would meet. You found it on Groupon. You're going to go climb Mount Everest. And this is like, where like. This is where you meet up with your tour guide. Like, that's what it legit feels like. You know, there's even, there's, like, sections of the queue where it's, like, a, almost like a little office. You can see, like, a little computer and uh, documents and permits and stuff. So, like, as you're standing in line for this ride, you know, you know there's a Yeti. You, you kind of know, like, the myth of the Yeti, how dangerous it could be. You see, like, these permits. It's like you're actually preparing 
to climb Mount Everest. And there's a sign uh, in this queue. It's uh, it's like this wooden sign that um, I, one of these days I'm going to buy it and have it displayed in my home. You know, uh, looking back, there's actually two signs. So the first one, I have a picture of it. It's like this wooden sign. And it says, local beliefs say that the Yeti is the guardian of Forbidden Mountain and the sacred realm of the Himalayas. And even at the bottom of the sign, it says, village council circa Zong. Like, it looks like a real sign. It's it's very eerie. Uh, it's like building up, you know, the the myth, the folklore of the Yeti. But my absolute favorite one, it's like kind of by like the, you know, artifacts museum part, the very top respect the power of the yeti like that right there almost like gives me chills it's so cool you know it it goes on to say the weight of the evidence leads to the inescapable conclusion the yeti is real you are about to enter the sacred domain of the yeti guardian protector of the forbidden mountain those who proceed with respect and reverence for the sanctity of the natural environment and its creatures should have no fear to all others a warning you risk the wrath of the Yeti. Like, that is so badass. Like, hang that up in my room. I want that. I want to look at it every time I leave my house. That is, man, that is so cool. That is Disney Imagineering at its finest. And, of course, it's at Animal Kingdom where you can really tell they put their heart and souls into every single inch of of the park and the attractions. And the cue with the music, you feel like you're there. And that is the goal of Disney. That is what I'm okay paying extra for when I go to Disney. Like that, that is Disney Imagineering at its finest. So for all of those things, number five, Expedition Everest. All right, let's move on to number four. Like I said, these are really tough. This one, I almost felt like weird putting it at number four. But my number four pick, top 10 cues at Walt Disney World, The Haunted Mansion. Now, you guys got to hear me out before, you know, if you think it should be top two, top three. My thing with the Haunted Mansion is it's great. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. There's a lot of the outside stuff, even with like the new interactive area, I'm not a fan of. I'm not a fan of the new interactive stuff they added. I feel like it's cool, but it's kind of for kids. Um,. I feel like it kind of takes away of the serious spookiness of the Haunted Mansion. Now, I love the graveyard. I love the visuals. But the actual line itself and what you see, you know, there's really not a lot of it I love until you get inside. Now, once you get inside, this is why it's number four. You know, you have the stretching room and and the narrator and the fireplace that opens up and everything. Um... You know, and again, to the outside part, I love like right before you go in with the uh, the little graveyard with the tombstones. Um, you can read them; everyone reads them. You know, but that that interactive part and like up until you get you know get to that part where you're just kind of standing under the awning. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't love it. Um, you know, it's great seeing the haunted mansion. You know, to your right, uh, it looks spooky, but like you know during the day to your left like you can see thunder mountain you can see the ferry boat i feel like it kind of takes away from everything you know you're not fully immersed you know in, in the interactive stuff like i said it's kind of cool um but i feel like it does kind of take away of the eeriness and the spookiness and the realism of the haunted mansion when i was a kid i thought that was an actual house 
that was haunted. And now, you know, when you're waiting in line and you're playing with the interactive stuff, I feel it kind of takes away. But, you know, like once you get inside, though, I feel like it's so immersive and the theming is so good that it makes up for it. So, you know, it's it's just so iconic, too. And uh, I think that's why, you know, I had to put it at number four. It, it's one of those things, too. It's, you know, quality over quantity. You know, the entire line isn't inside and super immersive, you know, like I said. But once you do get inside, it's you're in a different world. You know, you're, you're in a haunted mansion. That's the way it should be. Very well done. And I think for those reasons, number four is a pretty solid spot. All right, onto the top three now. Again, I've I've had a lot of trouble, a lot of uh, a lot of deep thinking how to do this bottom three. But at number three, I think I'm going to go with Pirates of the Caribbean. This was tough. This was tough. This was tough. But Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, third on the list. It, you know, you really can't go wrong with like the top five here. They're all great, but you know, pirates. The, the queue is great. It it looks and feels like you're in an old pirate prison. You know, the as soon as you walk in, like the the outer like um, facade of the building. You know, you you walk in and immediately you see like you know, a, a prison bars and like cannonballs and, and like an old fortress. And there's like a prison in there and. The theming is great. This is a classic one, too. You know, it's been this way, you know, pretty much probably since it opened. They haven't done much, you know, renovating or updating to the Pirates queue, you know, or really the Pirates ride in general. But the queue, you know, they've kind of left it alone. It's the same, you know, as it was like when I was a kid. I'm sure when you were a kid as well. And I don't think it really needs changing. You know, the, the music, the sights, the smells, it has all of the above the pirate music is great like you when you walk through that line there's always it kind of seems like there's always like something new that you pick up you know you you notice something new each time you walk through and you know some of the rooms and some of the areas it's not like there's like that much to look at but the theming you know if it's an old pirate like fortress and prison like you know it looks like it how it should be you know there's not just random things placed everywhere everything fits like I said, there's like one area where it's like, like, uh, you know, the pirates like store all their ammo, you know, there's like cannonballs and cannons and stuff and ropes. And it's like, this looks like it, like how it would actually look. And, you know, I think it's great. It's classic. It has, you know, everything, uh, necessary to have, you know, like a fully immersed attraction, like some of the best Disney rides, like it starts with the line, you know, when you go to six flags or, uh, you know, other theme parks you could have a fun roller coaster but you just walk through a line there's nothing you know you kind of just kill time then you're on the ride and it's over when you're at disney like pirates like it's almost like the attraction starts as soon as you enter the line you know you're paying attention to things you're hearing music you're looking at little um you know props or decorations to see how they fit into the story you know there's there's a part in the queue where you, if you look through the prison bars, there's two pirates playing chess. Like that attention to detail is what makes Disney great. You know, it, what it's what makes this attraction, you know, a classic. Like this ride is a classic. Everyone knows it. And part of that is the queue. And I think, you know, top three, 
Um, you really can't go wrong. Um, I, I was in between this one and another one for, for three. You know, I, I initially had pirates at number two, I will be honest, but you know, it's not a bad thing. It's at number three, but it's definitely got to be on the list and it's got to be high. So my number three pick pirates of the Caribbean. All right. Top two. Here we go. We made it this far. We're almost done guys. Now I'll do my second pick here. And then we'll do some honorable mentions and ones you guys sent in. Uh, and then I'll do my number one. But for my number two, we're heading back to Animal Kingdom. One of the most recent attractions added to the park, Flight of Passage. It, it has to be on the list. It has to be high. I gotta say, you know, I, I don't love Avatar the movie really that much. I think the ride is great and the queue is, you know, it's amazing. The, the entire, you know, Pandora area is great. The theming is great. So, and it's such a smooth transition from walking around Pandora, you know, and then getting in line for Flight of Passage. The theming, the theming is great. It is so well done, fully immersed from start to finish. There's like, you know, a bunch of different areas of the queue. You know, you kind of start off outside. You're kind of going up and down, you know, kind of cutting through you know, the mountains as it kind of, kind of looks and you have like waterfalls and colors and, and music and noises, you know, it's definitely great just passing through that area. And then you kind of cut through like that cave cavern type area when you, before you get into the inside of the actual building, again, super realistic. It, the theming is great. And then once you get in, you get inside, there's a couple of parts too, like there's that one area it's like really dark and there's like a bunch of like trees and plants and stuff i don't know how to describe that area i hope you guys know what i'm talking about but i think the big one the one that sets it apart the one that kind of makes it number two here is when you kind of cut through the lab and it's especially the first time it's mind-blowing you know the the big piece, the big centerpiece, the thing that kind of, you know, draws your eye is obviously the big, uh, avatar creature, you know, in the, in the tank of water that looks freaky, realistic. It is unbelievable. I don't understand the technology or the, you know, what they used to make it so realistic, but it's just kind of floating there in like a tube with water that they're like doing tests on it or something. That's the one everyone stops and take a picture. You have to. I still, every time, even now you take a picture, even though you've seen it a bunch of times. But even like other parts of the lab, it looks like a working laboratory from the movie Avatar. You know, that you're in Pandora and they're, you know, they're doing experiments and tests and stuff to find out all this stuff about the land and the creatures. And it's, you know, again, the Disney magic. This is an example of what they can do when they really want to. When they put in the time, the effort, the money, and they want to go all out, this is what you get. And this is how all of the attractions should be. You know, they shouldn't kind of, they shouldn't try to cut corners anywhere. They should all be, you know, like Flight of Passage, where it's just all in, fully immersed. You're walking through a lab. There's a giant avatar in a tank with water that you're not sure is real or not. You know, I'm kind of waiting for it. One of these times, it's just going to, like, open its eye and look at me. You know, and then the rest of the queue, too, is great. Even up until you walk onto the ride. Uh, my one gripe is that the the pre-ride show um, 
kind of part of it. It's a little long. It's a little much. Like at first, it's cool. Like when you're waving your arms and like there's like screens that like detect your movement and stuff. Like that part's okay. But when you move on to the second room and there's the scientist kind of talking, that one that one to me drags on a little bit. I feel like he kind of stumbles through some of his lines. Maybe not the greatest acting job. Um, it kind of bothers me. Not like I'm an acting snob or anything. It's just something I've I noticed since day one. Um, and it does kind of drag on a little bit. It's a little long. Um, but you know, I think the rest of the queue kind of makes up for it. So number two, we're going with Flight of Passage. All right, before we get to our number one pick, let's go through some honorable mentions and let's go through the ones that you guys sent in. First, my honorable mentions that I wrote down, I had Splash Mountain. Um, you know, there's really not much to the queue. I, I think I just wrote it down because I have just so many memories attached to that ride. You know, there's not too much to it, so that's why it's, you know, not on the list here. I also had um, the Little Mermaid ride at Magic Kingdom. I think, uh, you know, was it Prince Eric's Castle? is what you're technically like walking into. I think the outer part is is really cool. There's like with the rocks and the waterfall, it makes for a beautiful picture spot. And um, you know, once you get inside too, like they did a really good job in there. Um, I had Mission Space. Um, I remember it being kind of cool, but I also don't remember because I was having a panic attack and trying not to die. Uh, Space Mountain I had on there. Again, there's not that much to it. But I've always loved the, just the theming with the music and the lights. And, you know, you're walking up and down, like, those ramps. They have, like, those little games in there. But mostly just, like, the music. And, like, once you get to, like, the loading area when you're waiting in line, you can see the cars. You can see, like, the, if you look up, it looks like you're in space with, like, stars and, and comets and stuff passing through. So I always liked Space Mountain. And I think for the last one, I added um, Star Wars. Um, Rise of the Resistance or Smuggler's Run. I haven't been on either of them, uh, but what I've, of what I've seen, they're great, and I've heard you guys say they're great, so I figured I might as well add it onto my honorable mentions list. All right, now, as always, got to get your guys' input. I put a story on my Instagram asking you guys for your favorite cues of all time, past or present, everything was on the table. So let's see what you guys said. Brendan Hammond? said old Soren when you could play the games against everyone else who was waiting. That's right. I I do remember that now. Was it what kind of was it like trivia games? I I don't remember too much, but I do remember waiting in line and uh you know, they have some like interactive stuff there now. Uh but usually we're you know, we're flying through the fast pass line and we don't get to do that anymore, but you know the old Soren one at least they had games to kind of keep you entertained. Dexyland says Tower of Terror at night in parentheses for atmosphere and music lol and Muppet Vision 3D pre-show wow some love for Muppet Vision okay okay I can see that Shauna SK Studios ooh yeah I can get behind that old test track line um, in reference to I posted a picture with the question of the old test track queue currently though Smuggler's Run line again yeah I haven't been on it yet um, I've heard it's great. Aubrey Marie 619 says Expedition Everest. Yeah, it, it made my list. It had to. Again, it still kind of scares me because I feel like it's real and like the Yeti, um, you know, kind of kind of scares me still. So definitely had to be on there. 
72 Grand Torino said Smuggler's Run New and Peter P Pan classic. Yeah, the Peter Pan, you know, I, I don't remember the old queue too much, but I, like I said, the, the newer one made my list number 10. Michaela Joy 04 says Splash Mountain or Flight of Passage. All right, some love for some Spl for Splash Mountain too. Okay, good. I when I wrote it down, I really couldn't think of like anything that stands out in the queue. You know, there's that part towards the end where you kind of see like just uh, they have like pictures of the different characters on the wall, and you can see the the boats loading. And I always thought that was cool. Disney with Dana One says Space Mountain. Yep, I had to add that on there. Sean Riker says Tower of Terror. Yep, again, another great one. The Duchess of Disney said Tower of Terror, Flight of Passage, and Everest. Okay, so we're all we're all kind of thinking the same here. Okay, I like it. I like it. Emmy Belvin said Flight of Passage. Yensid 81, Maelstrom, though it was back and forth, anticipation of getting on the Viking ship was epic. Man, I, yeah, yeah, you know what? I, I Maelstrom, it would man would it make my top 10 i'm trying to think now because i loved that ride so much might have to redo this whole thing now <laughs> thanks a lot uh i loved maelstrom carolyn kesterman said frozen maelstrom forever though in parentheses okay whew, that scared me when you said frozen uh i i can get i can see that you know especially if you're a little kid or you know you love the movie i can see how frozen could be popular but thank you for uh for giving some love to maelstrom there Caroline Kesselman also said Pirates of the Caribbean. Amanda DeSanto said Haunted Mansion. Ella Stringbean says Tower of Terror and Haunted Mansion, two scary ones. J. Bernard 12 said Definitely Old Test Track, but I love Splash Mountain or Little Mermaid. Okay, so glad some other people are um, you know remembering the old Test Track queue and some love for Splash Mountain. Okay, that's what I like to see. CWPLAX25 said rock and roller coaster hey guys we got to go the show's all the way across town yep that pre-ride video is epic so quotable sunlit k said there's something so magical about the peter pan queue definitely agree there under a tooth said tower of terror darth dagan said haunted mansion Advan adventures of max and greg said old test track the polynesian monorail with the koi fish. Okay, now we're now we're thinking outside the box. Okay, I like it. Didn't even think about uh, non-park cues, but I know exactly what you're talking about. And just picturing it right now, I can like feel like the vibes of the Polynesian Resort. So that's definitely a good one. Very underrated. Allie M146 said Flight of Passage. Peyton Webb 19 says Pirates of the Caribbean, Flight of Passage, or Millennium Falcon. Smuggler's Run. So some, some love for Pirates of the Caribbean here. G Brig 22 says, Only ridden Tower of Terror once, but th that queue has stuck with me. That, you know, spoiler alert, we're going to get to it, guys. Um, and then for our last one, Hannah Mraz says, Flight of Passage. So I think I did a pretty good job with this list, considering I think uh, we mentioned all the, you know, all the good ones. I don't think we missed really any out. You know, Maelstrom makes me think a little bit. Um, you know, the Little Mermaid one maybe, maybe cracks the top ten. Um, but, you know, I'm just looking back at my list, you know, ten through, like, seven, maybe you could replace with one of the honorable mentions. But, like, for me, Dinosaur, I, I would have a hard time leaving off. No one else said Dinosaur, which kind of makes me sad. But 
as always some great input from you guys and like i always say it too like we you can tell the disney diehards the true disney fanatics like we all think the same so i appreciate you guys um sending in your your answers it's a lot of fun reading them and then uh, uh definitely when we get uh some thinking outside the box i love it but let's get to number one obviously you guys i feel like you know what i'm gonna say here there's no other place for it it's tower of terror the best queue in all of Walt Disney World. Arguably the best queue I've ever been in in my life. It is the most believable, the most immersive, the creepiest, the eeriest. I don't know if that's a word, but I just said it. It, I'm th- Again, I'm 31 years old. Walking through that queue gives me the heebie-jeebies. Like, from start to finish, when you're walking through the old, old hotel part, the old-timey music... It looks like an old abandoned hotel and it freaks me out. There's cobwebs everywhere, just bad vibes. You know, there's the <laughs> there's the um the short pre-ride video with the guy from the Twilight Zone with the iconic voice. And then we get even scarier. The theming gets even better when you go into like the boiler room with all the elevator shafts. That is unbelievably good still scares me i'm like looking around like it's unbelievable how they do this it plays perfectly perfectly into the ride you know they they made an attraction have a story and everything plays into that story you know the actual ride itself the pre-ride video and the queue like while you're waiting in line that plays into the story of the ride it's so great Disney Imagineering at its finest. I hope they never change it. You know, and and we didn't really talk about it, but like the cast members in this one too play a huge role. Um, You know, similar to kind of like Haunted Mansion where they kind of have to be in character uh, while they're there. You know, they're like the bellhops or, you know, the work in the elevators. Like even them, they're like, I'm like, are you really like, am I safe down here? Like going on this elevator? Like it, it, it seems so real. And that's what I love. That's how these, that's how I kind of made my rankings. Yes, I take into consideration music and pre-ride video, but I want to feel like I'm actually there. And with Tower of Terror, everything about it screams abandoned, haunted hotel, you know, creepy hotel. You're in a boiler room, then you get on an elevator. Like, everything about it is amazing. There's no arguing. I feel like this has to be number one. Um... You know, maybe some people would put like Flight of Passage number one. I could, I could see that there. But for me, Tower of Terror, the easiest choice I'll make, my number one pick. So that wraps up our top ten list. I love doing Disney top tens; they're the best. If I could do every episode of top ten, I definitely would. Like I've said before, you know, when I was in school, I used to, you know, when I wasn't paying attention, of course. I would write in my notebooks in the back pages. I would just make random top 10 lists. And and a lot of those lists had to do with either sports or Disney. And this is one I would always, always write down as well. It's just so fun to think about all these cues. And, you know, while you're waiting in line, like it, it really does help pass the time. It really helps add to the story, the theming. It makes you think like you're there. Um, And that's what I love about Disney. That's, I, I mentioned earlier in the episode, like that's, when you pay extra, you know, to go to Disney World, like, this is the stuff I expect, the theming. I don't 
I don't want to go on a ride and just like walk through there's just metal gates and then you get on the ride and it's over I want to be fully immersed from start to finish I want to look at the attention to detail the props the pre-ride videos everything like that I want to you know I want to be totally immersed in it and you know the these ones on my list I think they do a good job of that especially you know like towards the bottom like the top three top five when when you're an adult and you're in line and you're like thinking like man is this real like like that's when you know they get a, did a good job but that pretty much wraps up this week's episode i appreciate you guys sticking around and listening you guys are the best if you have any input any feedback any suggestions shoot me a dm on instagram if you have suggestions for episode topics if you would just have you know something that would be good to add like i i've done it in the past where you guys have sent in like topic questions that we read it doesn't have to be a whole episode but you know we can spend like a little segment here talking about it i just love talking disney dms are always open uh, and if you can too if you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen that helps the old algorithm whether you listen on spotify on google on apple anything helps and if you leave me a rating and a review i'd really appreciate it and if you write me a review give you a shout out on the very next episode plus reading those makes me very happy and i think that's pretty much all i got for you guys i'm gonna try to keep cranking these out every week i i try to do it by fridays it's you know i've been so busy uh with everything in my personal life but trying to keep it on track trying to keep it trying to keep it somewhat on track here so i appreciate you guys sticking with me and yeah i think that's it i hope you guys have a good week until next time, always remember, it all started with a mouse.